But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. I don't know. I was, ner I was nervous there for a second. Like, it wasn't going to work. Like, I put all the buttons together. I know it was going to work. It works every week. But for some reason, I was like... <gasps> Is it going to work? I don't uh, know. I don't know why, but it worked. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. <laughs> welcome always... to Anxious Game Junkie Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the Anxious Anxious Space Gamer Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Always looking forward to the future in the off-world colonies. <laughs> your co-host, Julie. Hello from the great gray north. Yeah, it's gray here too. Uh, your co-host Thorsten. I'm totally confused right now. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> welcome to my life. Uh, your co-host uh, Jacob. Future. What? <laughs> that was SpongeBob. Oh, I've never. Do you know I've never actually seen any SpongeBob SquarePants like ever. I've not seen any of it. I'm told I'm I should. Ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm told I should. I'm told it. It's great for adults as well as kids. I've just never gotten around to it. Uh, and your co-host David. I don't know about anxiety stream, but the existentialist horror stream, maybe. I don't uh, know. Maybe. Hello. Um, so, friends, we have a guest this week joining us from the Netherlands. Um, developer Peter. Okay, Ost. Did I say it right, Peter Ost. Host. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Hi there. <laughs> Welcome, Peter. Thank you for uh, joining us. We're here to talk about the uh, Space Colony game uh, Trappist, which you can currently get for 15 American dollars on itch. Um, um, it is a... Uh, it is a very... It's, it's Even though it's fairly streamlined, it's also fairly detailed. Like, like you, you have, you, you're doing an interesting balancing act here of like having a streamlined UI, but very detailed systems underlying that UI. So it's like, if you're looking at the stream, it's like, there's only a few buttons. Just wait, folks. Just wait. <laughs> it gets interesting. <laughs> it gets, it gets more, it gets more complex as it goes. Um, so how would you best describe your game? Cause it's, you can just say it's a space colony game, but there's definitely more to it than that. Uh, so, Peter, how would you like? What would you say is the elevator pitch of your game? Yeah, so it's a base building game, but I want to focus a little bit more on the story and exploration. Um, so, in that sense, it's maybe a little bit more of an old-fashioned space game, where you go uh, discover planets, explore them, see what mysteries lay underneath, and that guides you through the building. Uh, parts of the game, or the other way around, depending on what you want to focus on. So wait, you you say it's story based. Can you ignore the story if you want to, or do do you have to follow the story? You can pretty much uh, ignore the story, or you can do it in any order that you want to. So oh, nice. for now, every planet has its own story segments, and they are somewhat interlocked with each other. And if you want to reach the end of the game, you will need to uh, discover all of that. Uh, but you can also just go around um, building a bases on the planets, uh, fly your spaceships around, uh, however you want to play. The game should support it. 
No, that that that's fair. So so basically, uh, at the core of this game is a is a basically a colony builder, and it, it's fascinating how like I thought like a lot of a lot of games have different types of farms and different types of things, and you kind of distill it down to potatoes, for example. <laughs> like, how did you decide what to like keep and what to get rid of? Like, how did you decide to make this like how do you balance both streamlining it but also making it detailed enough to make it a challenge yeah that's definitely a tricky part um in the beginning there used to be more resources and i tend to really focus on the technical parts but if you do that the game becomes a lot of unfun especially for the new player. So I really focused on how a new player approaches the game and how they play through it, what obstacles they encounter. And when it comes to flying the spaceships around, having to build uh, three different kinds of farms just doesn't add to that experience. And once you go into adding detail, then it's very difficult to stop because in that case, more detail is more fun. But when you start removing detail, uh, you really uh, need to make sure that uh, only the essentials are left. So in this case, I chose potatoes because of uh, uh, the well-known Mars book. And same goes for the other resources. Sometimes uh, it, I just need to have one resource of multiple resources for that tier of buildings. And then I just want to pick something that makes a statement. For example, did you reach the part where you need to uh, fill up the air bottles for your spaceship? Say again? I didn't, I didn't get that far in. I didn't uh, get that I... far in either. Yeah. Neither did I. But I did. Uh, but I did. Oh, you air did? bottles? Oh, yeah, that was a thing. Yep. Okay, yeah, so- eventually your spaceship will need air uh, supplies refilled. Oh. So you will need to fill in plastic bottles with air and send them back to your spaceship. To your oh, arc. boy. See, I, I'm going to be honest. I stopped playing uh, shortly after the second colony, uh, when, when you start a second uh, colony, because, like, oh, God, I'm going to fail. Oh, oh. It just, like... I'm going to be honest. I felt a little overwhelmed. <laughs> I shouldn't okay. have probably, but I did. I'm like, I, I I can only handle one, but you want me to build two. Oh God, I can't do it. So I kind of stopped shortly after that. Honestly, um, will there be any kind of, I thought about this as I was playing yesterday. Will there like, once you have multiple colonies, will there be any kind of automation to help build and or manage them? Yeah, definitely. By oh, the good. sounds of it, you stopped just before the point that automation was introduced. Oh, for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a gun. <laughs> See, course. now you have a reason to go back. Of course I did. Of course I did. Because that's that's the thing I would do. Of course. Of course. <laughs> that's very but good to hear. Definitely a, a tricky part in the balance. And it goes back to uh, what you mentioned before, having only one source of potatoes. Uh, it can be very overwhelming. So I really want to focus on reducing that feeling. Um, 
and uh, yeah, there is some automation to help you out with that. Oh, good. And I wanted to introduce it at the point that you feel the need for it. Because okay. if I would introduce it earlier, then you would think, oh, there's so much UI stuff going on that I have to do, and I don't really oh. see why I want to bother. Oh, that's a good There's definitely a tricky balance. No, that's a good it point. It's more streamlined like this, I, I will say. It's more streamlined. So there is complexity, but it is more linear <laughs> complexity so that you work your way up to it rather than have everything thrown at you at once and it feels even more overwhelming. So just as you're starting to feel overwhelmed, you have the next thing to help you get through that next obstacle. Oh, I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear that because now I can go back feeling a little better about things. I'm like, oh, no, I can, I can barely handle one colony. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to say that after I saw the combination of Martian and potatoes, I half expected the little guidance person to say they're going to have to science the hell out of things. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I really, really appreciate <laughs> that. I love... I love city builders and, and colony builders. That's one of my favorite kind of games. But I really appreciate the little person that says, okay, wow, hey, it looks like we're going to have to do this. Oh, if you don't do this, everybody's going to die. Um, I I know some people may say, well, you know, it's too much, but I really appreciate that aspect of the game and that guidance. And uh, as every good Scottish person knows, potatoes grow everywhere. And as the yeah, Irish know, uh, you probably need more than one, more than just potatoes to live. Very true. <sighs> God darn it. Oh, Britannia's hands with the great big guns. <clears throat> right, sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is that? I don't know. I don't. I don't that, is, uh, that is an, that is an, that is a song about the uh, Irish War of Independence. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Well, one of my great grandmothers was Scottish, and you know, Scottish history is after everybody got kicked off their land and became crofters, all they could grow was potatoes. And I said, Oh, wow. And one of my great grandmothers, great grandma, would be proud. Potatoes. <laughs> no, I do, I do appreciate that there's basically one crop, basically. That's what, that's what I was getting at. Uh, so that, 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 that did help. But I was like, well, I was I was feeling like the, the the first colony was getting kind of big and complex, and they're like, "Oh God, we have to build another one with the laboratory." Oh no, oh no! But I'm really glad to hear that, <laughs> especially when the game told me, "Oh God, the colonies are running out of supplies." It's like, "Oh God!" I started getting this anxiety because, like, when I play games like this, I'm like, I care about each each individual colonist, and if they start like not being able to eat or drink, I like I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, That's there's what? me who <laughs> I'm fifty-fifty between. I don't have that problem because I'm very good at these games. And fifty-fifty between uh, between sounds like a skill issue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm I'm not great at, at thinking ahead. Is my I I've never have been great at thinking ahead. I'm I'm much more. That's why I prefer like ARPGs and stuff because like kill 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 now 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 rather than like. Okay, I'm gonna plan this thing so not everyone does. like I I have a problem. You don't doing the big picture stuff anyway, so that factors into it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
uh, for some people, a game like Frostpunk would be a relaxing time. <sighs> Not for you. I look. I I look at Frostpunk. I just look at the video. I I looked at the trailer for. It. I'm like, no. <laughs> and no 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 no. I think it's a great game, and I have some time in it, but still. I know it's not for you. Yeah. Yes. I know why it's not for you. Yeah. Self-awareness is a big deal. Y'all the show (laughs) is very important. (laughs) I personally enjoyed Frostpunk. It is extremely stressful and that's the part I enjoy. Yeah. See, that's not because I'm insane. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I enjoy games like this because I'm a professional project manager and I kind of do it for a living. So it's like, well, this is great. Uh, I, I love, this game and i know i'm saying every show but this one would lend itself especially to being on switch i could really see this being on a tablet on android wow i want to be able to play this game portable i really like it thanks got to hear it and i definitely hope it makes it to all those platforms part of it is definitely designed with uh, smaller screens and touch screens in mind uh, yeah, for now, may- I'm going to focus on PC, but it should be playable on all those platforms eventually, I hope. Yeah, because I like that all the buttons are very large, clearly made with touch in mind, um, but they work great on PC as well. Um, the, the interface is really, I thought, pretty pretty well done. Like Moving ships around was very uh, straightforward, you know. I mean, I I think I misclicked a couple times, but that was me. <laughs> that wasn't the game. Um, so how long have you been working on this? When did you uh, start working on this? It's been a part-time project. It started off as a hobby project and eventually it became a little bit more, I guess. Uh, but it's been about three years or so. Oh, wow. Games, good games take a long time to make, <laughs> as we've seen. Especially when done part-time, yes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I know very few full-time developers, especially in the indie space. Um, but that's, that's a luxury that a lot of developers just do not seem to have. Uh, so it totally makes sense you'd work on this part-time. <laughs> What's your full-time gig? Uh, non-game programming. Oh, okay. I'm a freelance software developer. So occasionally I have to work on rather boring stuff and I have some time in between projects. Uh, so game programming is a nice break from that. That's, that, that's kind of interesting because, I mean, some people would say, like, you're doing the thing you do for your full-time gig for your break, and it's, <laughs> some people wouldn't get that. Um, like... I would never do SEO in my break time. You know what I mean? Like I would never, I would never do search. Yeah, definitely. But if you like programming enough, it makes sense. Uh, what? So, what engine is you is this using? Is it Unity? I, I I don't remember. Yeah, it's Unity. Okay, so that'll make it easier to port it over to um everything to everything. Yeah, later. Yeah. Definitely. And I've got it running on my mobile phone, for example. Oh, nice. It's not quite perfect yet. And it'll be better to wait on porting it to those platforms until the PC version is completely finished. 
Right. Now, so one, how far go away are you? Uh, uh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Thurston. As, as, in, in which state uh, uh, kind of finishing uh, is the game right now? Uh, what, what more uh, do you want to include? So right now, you uh, can build on one planet and two moons, and you have the arc itself. Um, eventually, I want to have something that can be done with each of the seven planets and two moons. Um, so in that sense, it isn't completely finished yet, but you can uh, go through the entire storyline, basically, uh, since each planet is a self-contained story. Uh, you can uh, finish those planets that are already there, and then you can go to the ending of the game. Okay. Okay, that's, that's uh, pretty comprehensive already. <laughs> and there are definitely more balance issues uh, that have to be solved, especially later on in the game. Uh, so there's still plenty of work to do. But I hope it is a nice uh, experience from the beginning to the end, basically. Well, you know, I just wanted to say that I think sometimes we live in an era of gaming where too much attention is pay based on trying to concentrate on the graphics, making it look like a really, really beautiful game and making it graphics intensive. And, you know, when I see a game like this, I said, wow, this is it, it may be simple, but it is just so much fun. And I I know may I'm I'm kind of prejudice because it's my kind of game but uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you did this game but I'm curious why this a colony builder as a, as a pet project and not say something else yeah so I was looking for a game project to do uh, since like most game developers I've already had already finished something or started a lot of projects and I was really looking to start a new project and finish it. And basically what I really wanted to do was learn how to tell a story. Um, so I really went into finding a game where I could do something with spaceships, something with science fiction, and something with story. And after some experiments and some thinking, I same with this. Uh, I, I like um, the Anno games, uh, the base building, the relaxing uh, way. Let's try that. And from there on, uh, I thought of other inspirations. Um, some older PC games like uh, Alien Legacy. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And a couple of science fiction books and I threw that together. Now, a lot of games like this don't have a story. A lot of games like this are more sandboxy. If they do have a story, it's a, just a very, very light little like tutorial slash story elements to like string a campaign together, really. So how difficult has it been to merge a story into a game like this? Uh, the merging by itself was not that difficult. It's just um, 
learning how to tell a story that is the difficult part oh okay um but yeah you're right right now there are a lot of base builders that don't have a lot of stories and focus really on the basically the roguelite experience yeah the survive the survival aspects basically they focus a little more on that, which yeah. is fine which is fine but not a lot of them have what you would call a story and like at all Exactly. There are a lot of great games in the genre, but uh, I missed having the story. So I looked to the older games, like the older uh, games in the Anno series, and especially Alien Legacy, the way that game tells its story. Oh, that game uh, told it. Folks, if you haven't played Alien Legacy, it's a crime that's not available digitally anywhere, because that is a terrific freaking game. And I would suggest you find a copy somehow. <laughs> it's just it's so I good i do love that the first thing that i googled again the first thing that shows up is your video on it so uh, oh yay <laughs> so oh, god this looks jank but like it's not this. it's not that bad it's not that bad especially for like what was it 93 94 like around I'm that 94 yeah it's it's not that bad for a night for a early 90s no 3D acceleration yet. Uh, kind of 3D, but also 2D colony builder story thing. <laughs> it's not that janky. Well, maybe, maybe I, maybe I'm looking through it through nostalgia glasses, but I didn't think it was that janky. But you know, for for a 90s game, I don't think it's that janky. You know? No, you don't. I, I don't. I don't think you you. Uh... Uh, uh, think of it as as uh, in 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 a nostalgic way. It's it's still a good game. Oh yeah. I've oh played yeah. It. I have played it. I played it, uh, it again of a few years ago. Oh. Uh, yeah. I I made it run somehow, but uh, don't ask me how. Oh, it's only I don't it's, remember a, anymore. it's only DOS, right? It's just a DOS game. I think. I don't think it's yeah. that complicated. Yeah, it plays pretty well through DOSBox. I don't know where you can get a copy, but I'm sure. The internet can tell you. Yeah, you'd have to seek your own way to get it because for some reason it's not available anywhere, sadly. It's I still have the original version. Son of a gun. Yeah, me too. I well, don't think I do he, anymore. <laughs> Spaz hasn't brought it up yet, so I will. Uh, I didn't realize the starting planet was Arizona. And uh, <laughs> now, now that I have... Somebody said in our conversation offline, zoom in, zoom in. And I said, oh, my God, clotheslines and barbecue bits. And uh, oh, I hadn't expected that kind of detail. But, uh, yeah, wow. I've never lived in Arizona. But, no, oh, it's kind of, it, it's really fun. And I appreciate that part of the detail. You're not missing anything. You're not missing anything. <laughs> Well, no, you're not missing anything in Arizona, but the detail yeah. of the game is there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's it's for for I mean the the graphics do look like if you just look at them on a screenshot, they might look simple, but they're very stylized. And and they're 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 very they're very lovely and they kind of have a cartoonish effect to them, but it, I think it really works well here. Uh well, how I- so good. I just hadn't expected the detail. That's all. I'm used. To, I always like zoom way out, and I said, "Oh wow, this is really nice." Yeah, I didn't zoom in at all. I didn't zoom in that far, so I didn't even see those things. That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds really great. I'm 
quite happy you zoomed in on that part and not some of the other parts of the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not done yet, you know? <laughs> yeah, I definitely hope to add little details like that uh, to other buildings as well. Uh, and I can't take credits for uh, the assets themselves. Uh, most of them are purchases on the uh, Unity Asset Store. Oh, okay, that's fair. I mean, you know, that's what they're there for. You know, if you're not if you're not an artist, you know, buy someone else's art. You know. <laughs> yeah, and there are some really great asset packs, and without it, I just could never create a game like this. Yeah, I believe it. I, that, that's one of the beauties of. I mean, a lot of there are a lot of complaints to be made about Unity, but one of the beauties of it is how it allows developers such as yourself to focus on development. Uh, so you don't have to make all the art and all the la 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 la. You know, you can focus on what you're good at. You know, which is really nice. Um, did you do the artwork for the buttons or anything, or was that also like someone else's art? Uh, most of the icons are. Uh Creative Commons licensed. Oh, okay. So someone else's art as well. There are a few bits that I've uh, pasted together or adjusted, but uh, most of this just, um, I think it was opengameart.org. Oh, nice. <laughs> I did not and know that. And there are icons that once you build a game like this and you start using those assets and you see them popping up everywhere. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's a really useful. Uh, resource, yeah. I I bet because like if I was gonna build a game, I I I'm not that I'm going to ever, but like I'm art is like the thing I'm worst at in the world. Like I can barely draw a stick figure well, so I would I would uh, I would need you know assets like this. Um, so the first planet can support at least two colonies. It looks like so. How so? Is there is there a plan to have multiple colonies per planet? Is that part of the plan? Um, in most cases, there will just be one colony. Okay. But I want to add at least one special thing to each colony, whether it is different kinds of resources or a different layer. To it. So right now I'm working on the ice planet. And you can go under the ice and you can melt the ice. So there's some dynamic uh, going on there. Oh, okay. Oh, that's that oceany planet. Is that but, that? Is that the ocean planet with the with with the ice that might have life under it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I did. I did. I did see that. Uh, I I got that far. At least I got that far to scan that that lovely little ice planet. Um, but uh, I didn't build anything there. Yeah. So that will be the next planet. Uh, I'm working on is not in the game yet. So I hope that every planet will have something unique in that style. And and that'll make each planet, you know, special and useful. And that makes sense. Yeah. And it's you can play it in every order you, you want. So if instead of going to the desert planet that the game starts, you go way off into the moons oh. of the outer planet, for example. <laughs> Then the game will pick up on that and it will tell you, hey, apparently you are an advanced gamer. You probably don't need a tutorial uh -huh. you to skip that part. 
<laughs> either you're being very stupid or very brave. So, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's actually pretty great. That is actually pretty great. Oh, I, I also did like the touch of the, uh, the reports that you get, um, these dot MD files that you can actually open up and read. <laughs> I did. I did like that quite a bit. Adds a nice little, uh, little bit of lore, a little bit of story. And I like that they had hashtags. <laughs> it, just, it just makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, from being a programmer <laughs> in the daily life. I know. It's a nice touch. No question. So wait, I know nothing of programming. So hashtags are a thing you add to what? Help make it move, help move around the code or to tell other programmers what so, you did? Or basically every dialogue you encounter has a couple of tags and the chat log history that you are able to access uh, shows those tags and so every dialogue you've received from the tutorial or story-wise shows up under the relevant tags. Having it organized like that, I guess that's a programmer thing. Uh, One thing I really liked about Alien Legacy is the PDA you had. Oh God, yes. Yeah, yeah thing uh, was, back then that was really great. Right now it's a little bit clunky, I guess. But in the early nineties, so that to modernize it. in the early nineties that was mind blowing. I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We were still hoping to see those PDAs in real life. And and then we kind of did. They're called smartphones. <laughs> yeah, and on those smartphones we have Twitter. So I took that a little bit more as an inspiration this time. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what was I going to ask? I'm, I'm a little sleepy today. I apologize. Um, so I like the design of the arc. Is like so. I wanted to ask this about the arc. Is the arc a big, giant, open parking lot of a spaceship, or are we just seeing the inside of it? <laughs> Yeah, it's really a big open plate. Oh God! <laughs> buildings on it, and an that engine. sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so terrifying. It's just a floating parking lot. It's like, oh God! It's just a. Oh God. Uh, don't worry, you'll be frozen in a nice safe fireplace. <laughs> I'll never even yep. notice. Because, because I just think, how does it protect itself from like micrometeorites and and all these other. You know hazards that that happen in oh. space, but I I should think to myself it's just a game. I should really just relax. Uh, I just assumed there was a force field of some kind, and I said I'm just going to go with it. Or maybe they're just really tough. Like they're tough. They're really well built. You know. Well, yeah. The first part of the tutorial is that you need to recycle a couple of the buildings that were destroyed on your way to the trapeze system. Right, I'm I'm seeing that on the on the stream now actually. So I forgot I did forget about that. But that was say so okay, so some things did get damaged on the way, but uh <laughs> thankfully not your no cryopods. No lives were lost. Yeah, thankfully not your cryopod. <laughs> but uh, I also like how you said earlier the ark is also kind of its own colony that you have to manage with its own resources. So Yeah, uh, exactly. So you have to build houses on it and you have to, you know, deal with its own resources and stuff like that. It's not just a thing where you just leave it in orbit of a thing and that that's it, you know. 
I really did like that. Yeah, glad to hear it. You can mostly leave it alone and you're not forced to build on it, but you can definitely build most of your stuff on it if you want to, or you can move it around the system and places strategically for your trade routes. Uh, when it comes to automating the I was going to say, I saw a thing about trade routes. Is that part of the automation that we talked about earlier, or trade routes? Yeah, exactly. So you can set up a trade route so the ship will automatically load and unload resources, this colony. Oh, okay. I just didn't, I just didn't get that far because I got too scared. <laughs> <laughs> so... Peter, is that your first game you try to publish, or only the uh, only the first game? Yeah, is it the first game you you try to publish? Uh, this is the first game I try to publish that is somewhat big. Uh, so before this, uh, many years ago, and I think it's removed from the Play Store by now. I did some Android games, uh, but those were a little more than the. And updated space and traders. <laughs> or asteroids. Yeah. And there's a market for those. They keep popping up on Steam. There's there's clearly a market for those. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it was a little bit of fun. But um I wanted to I always wanted to make a little bit of a bigger games. Uh, and I've tried a few things over the years, but this is the first big one that I really stuck with. And uh, Fernando in the chat is wondering why why your um, why your spaceship is so rectangular. <laughs> uh, that's part of it being a big plate. Yeah. Basically, it's a design choice. It could have been any streamlined shape, but I really wanted to emphasize that it's just a big. Stupid thing in space. <laughs> so maybe budget cuts or something like that. Well, it it's doesn't definitely don't dynamic. Shoot. You're not you're not landing on a planet with it, so it doesn't need to be aerodynamic or airworthy. That's fair. That's fair. It's just it's just funny. Like a lot a lot of spaceships have, you know, like ooh, we need wings and and things, and this is like here's just a big plate. <laughs> it's a brick. Here's a brick with some stuff on now, it. Now, admittedly, it's not the best for advertisement. If I were if I were to uh, become a colonist off, to a, off in, a, in the Gulf of the future, I imagine I would be more inclined to go on a Star Trek ship than a brick with engines on it. But uh, I guess some people are braver than me. <laughs> You're assuming you have a choice. Uh, oh, what? Now uh-oh. <laughs> no, I hope they had a choice as well. Uh, for now, oh. I've really left it open why they are leaving Earth. Uh, I, was so gonna, I hope it's for a good reason. I was going to say, is this the precursor to the Warhammer 40k universe? <laughs> <laughs> is, is this, is this, uh, is this a proto-Warhammer fascism that we're looking at right here? <laughs> oh, golly. <laughs> no, definitely not. I really wanted to make it a little bit of a light, uh, nice atmosphere. Yeah, you could tell by the uh, the the just the text of your advisors and stuff like that that this is not a super 
serious game. I mean, it is, it's serious, but like, it's also a little silly and that's okay. You know, games, I think not, I think a lot of games forget to be silly every now and again. Like so many games are so serious, you know what I mean? So it's, it's nice to have a little bit of silliness. You know what I mean? Like you had the, you had the Sam quote about the potatoes and the text, for example, I really like that. <laughs> well, I approve of the flamingos. Flamingos? <laughs> what? Wait, what? Yeah, flamingos. Yeah, flamingos. Wait. If you zoom in on the pioneer buildings uh, where people live, they oh, for might God. Uh, plop down a few flamingos outside. <laughs> I love Again, it. I, I reiterate, it's Arizona. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna have to load up the game back up and try and get to the stuff with automation, but also zoom in apparently, because apparently I didn't zoom in <laughs> at all. So, do you have do you have any plans to to publish it on on Steam, or do you want to to stay on on itch.io? Yeah, so for now, I'm staying on itch.io temporarily to get some feedback while the game is still in development. And once it's further along, then I'll definitely release it on Steam. Uh, so for now, the audience at it has been really friendly. Uh, and I think that would be a little bit more helpful to me right now than uh, publishing it on Steam. <laughs> not that there are not nice people on Steam, yeah. but... Uh, you, you, are to say, you are allowed to say on this on this podcast that the Steam forums are full of wankers. There are a lot of dill holes yeah. on Steam. A lot yeah. of dill holes. But we were talking about this with the developer last week where we've we've noticed that itch is a, mo a more niche place that that um that attracts more uh Gamer folk, game, gaming focused gamers, as I like to call them. They actually give a sh crap about the games, and uh, it. I, I've I've rarely heard a bad thing spoken about putting your game on itch. You know, from a community standpoint and whatnot. I mean, there's so much on it; it's kind of easy to get lost on there. But I think from a from a community standpoint, it's really fantastic. Yeah, definitely. There's so much creativity going on on that platform. And there's a really friendly community that's really interested in seeing uh, the good side of the stuff that's on yeah, there. Yeah, like they really want you to succeed. Like that's what, that's what I think the thing about Itch is. They want you to succeed. You know, whereas, yeah. whereas people on Steam, they just, I, I just even. <sighs> I think with, with Steam, one of the, one of the inherent problems is that people think if you buy the game on steam you have a say in the development process some people do at least and uh they are very opinionated about making sure you know you're wrong as a developer if you're not doing what they want uh, yeah <sighs> which is unfortunate i've i've seen that firsthand on the other hand with itch as a good place to do a soft launch and get a lot of devoted feedback. People who, who go there specifically because they're looking for something different. Uh, that's, that's not yet on steam. 
then you could go from there to an early access release, a short early access release, or a full release on Steam with the confidence that you've had a lot of feedback along the way. If you go directly on Steam, as so many have found out, uh, even if you launch directly into early access, there will, there will be people who will say, this is so buggy. Well, that's kind of the point of early access, isn't it? Finding the bugs and working them out. I, I think some people have a really warped uh, perception of what early access is supposed to be as a consumer. I, I don't know why they have this perception, but it's a weird entitlement. Well, I think it's a little, I think it's partially Steam's fault. Like open access, they've never really clearly defined what open access is. So it could be this big open-ended, it's an alpha, it's a beta, it's a pre, it's a pre-alpha. It could be any, it can cover any of these things. And uh, I think the open-ended nature of it has been one of its biggest problems, honestly. Um, yeah, it has worked really well for a couple of games. Right? There are games like Minecraft and Factorio that have been in early access for a very long time, and they have done really well. But they have been really good games from very early on. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people will expect that... Uh, Basically, the same good experience for any early access game, which is and not, that will be very difficult <laughs> to do. You can't do that. It, you can't expect that. It, not every game is going to be Minecraft. Not every. Uh, <sighs> and for my game specifically, it's also that, um, like I mentioned before, I don't really focus on the roguelike experience, so it's not really intended to play dozens of times. And that makes early access a little bit more difficult as well. Because if you played it Mm. in that poor state, then you probably won't play it once it's finished anymore. Uh, So I really want to avoid that for the majority of uh, possible players. No, that's completely fair. That's completely fair. This is the sort of thing where I could see uh, most of the game being done through itch. And then a short early access period, like two months, something like that, where you're just getting polishing done from a much wider audience and then full release at that point, or going directly to full release. If you feel that's, that's where you are. Uh, I could see that going both ways. Yeah, that's pretty much the plan. Um, So only do the steam release when it's mostly finished or at least, uh, uh, then I want to polish up the Steam-specific features and then do the final release. Uh, and there are other factors to consider as well. When you do a Steam release you and you want that to be successful, you really need to bring your own audience with you. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going uh, to die somewhere in the dozens of games released that day. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know it's easy to get lost on itch, but my God... there are what dozens of games released every day on steam every day like like and a lot of them are really good games as well yeah there are a lot of really good games released every day how do you get found in that miasma you know (laughs) so now i think i think what you're doing is right because when you hit the platform you want to hit it with the ground, um, you don't want to hit ground running, you know, and, and having it as stable as possible. 
you know, will definitely help in that regard. So, yeah, I think, um, I think, I think an itch, I think doing itch first is a terrific idea. And I'm glad we're seeing more of this. Like you're the second developer we've had on in a row now that's doing solely itch first. And, and we're seeing that more and more, which is terrific. It's great for itch too. You know, I mean, yeah. And releasing on it has been a really great experience. The platform works really well, and there's a really low barrier to publishing something there. Uh, and uh, the stakes are so much lower than launching on Steam. When you launch on Steam, that's really your only shot to make it uh, successful. But on it, you know upfront that uh, this thing alone won't be what makes or breaks your game. Uh, but it makes it a lot easier to do the release and to iterate on it. Right. Okay, I might be having a sound issue. <sighs> anyway. Okay. Well, my brain is melting. Do you guys have any more questions? Uh, no, just to thank uh, thank the developer for a really fun game. That's uh, I really enjoyed it, and, and we'll continue to do so. And uh, you know, one way to get your game to stand out is come on the Space Game Junkie podcast. <laughs> yeah, we will uh, definitely want to have you back once this hits 1.0. Uh, that's how we like to do it because we also love talking about the journey between uh, from early access to 1.0. Um. But yeah, folks, the uh, the game is uh, Trappist. It is currently on itch.io in early access. Uh, it is uh, fourteen ninety nine uh, American dollars, and it is it is quite fun. Like don't don't let don't let my um, my um, fear of getting uh, getting too complicated scare you away because apparently there is automation. I just hadn't gotten to it yet. Um, but uh, I, I really had fun with my time. I really had fun with other love. I can't talk anymore. I really had a fun time with it. And I'm definitely going to be playing more now that I know there's automation, especially. Um, and Peter, I'd like to uh, thank you for uh, coming on the show. Uh, thank you all for having me here and for the kind words. So uh, next week on the show, we are going to uh, return to games we felt deserved better. We had such a good time with that last time. We didn't even get to all the games we wanted to talk about. So we're, we're going to talk it again. Yeah, we're, so we're doing it again. Uh, and hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. It probably will be. Uh, but have a great one, everyone. Uh, thank you to our patrons. Thank you to everyone who's gotten vaccinated please get vaccinated if you haven't already and with that we will see you later bye bye everyone bye bye